This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, once again, flying solo this week. Looking forward to having Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church back in studio when they open the doors. I want to thank Tom Roy. Um, again, he has been such a godsend to this show, and, and he's become a really good friend. And just want to thank him for the introduction to Roger Mason, former Major League Baseball pitcher. He uh, pitched with the Detroit Tigers and the uh, San Francisco Giants, the Astros, Pirates, Padres, Phillies, and Mets. Man, you saw the world, Mr. Mason. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on, and, and uh, I think we both feel the same way about Tom Roy. What a good man he is. <laughs> Tom is awesome. I met Tom in the minor leagues, and um, I've been on a number of mission trips with Tom, and Super, super guy. Yeah, don't he, tell him I said that. But no, we, I don't want him knowing I like him either. <laughs> I got to be honest. We don't want to do that because then he'll get a big head and go, "That's right, you boys like me, don't you?" You know, um, Roger. He, I, I was uh, doing this show for about six or seven months. We just celebrated. We're into our seventh year doing it now, and he, uh, I had a guy I was doing emceeing in an awards banquet. Uh, out uh, in the suburb uh, to the west of Milwaukee. And I got done, and a guy came up to me, and he said, hey, I, I got to tell you, I love uh, Faith in the Zone. I said, thank you. He said, do you take recommendations? I said, I do. That's the hardest part about doing that that show. I can find sponsors. A lot of companies are willing to sponsor a show like this, but to find guys that will get up on the mountaintop a little bit with us, and at that point, again, we've only been around maybe five months at that point, he said, look up a guy named Tom Roy. He said, I, he grew up in Grafton, Wisconsin. I think he lives in Indiana. And I don't know exactly what he's doing, but he's doing something that might interest you. I said, thanks. Reached out to Tom and, and I said, started talking smack about where he grew up in Grafton, Wisconsin. And he goes, okay, yeah, I like you, man. I'll talk smack with you all day. And <laughs> off we went. So it worked out obviously really, really well. Hey, Roger, let's talk a little bit about where you grew up. Um, what, uh, I think you're a Midwest guy, right? Yeah. Yep. Northern Michigan. In a little town called Bel Air. Okay. Uh, the closest city to us would be Traverse City. Oh, sure. So did you grow up a Packer fan or a Lions fan? 
don't know. Um, well, it, I mean, I watch the Lions. Um, you know, your fans, if you're a Lions fan, you end up being fans of, like, <laughs> players, like Barry Sanders sure. and, you know, guys that were just electric because as far as the Lions go, <laughs> you know, um, it's been a long road. It it has been a long road for you boys, and I, I you know I'm sorry about that, but it is you know when you're in the same division, you always go okay. If you're a Packer fan, you go okay. How good are the Vikings going to be? How good are the Bears going to be? <laughs> and then it's the whole, uh, yeah, we don't end up the conversation, right? I, you you do, and it's the, normally it's hey, do we, I wonder if we're playing Thanksgiving this year, <laughs> and if we do, we're probably going to yeah, play exactly. the Lions. So, you know, there has been a number of of guys on that team, like you said, dynamic. You know, Eric Hipple is, was a guy that was on Faith in the Zone with us. And he, that was a long time ago. And so he loved his days in Detroit. And they, you guys individually have had some unbelievable players. But, boy, it's kind of snake bit when it comes to, you know, getting to the playoffs and doing anything there. I think the last time we won a playoff game was back in 91. Um, that's almost... <laughs> impossible to fathom. I was, I, hey, Roger, I was thin and good looking back then. That's how long it's been. <laughs> that the Detroit yeah, Lions too. actually won a playoff game. Hey, so doing uh, some research on you and, and looking at your bio and then reading a couple of articles, um, growing up where you grew up, well, I'll tell you what, you, you took full advantage of being a really good athlete and played multiple sports, and not only in the high school level, and we'll get to the college days because I don't know if I've, I, you know, I've talked to many guys that played multiple sports at, at the college level, but, boy, you, you must have had, you were really busy growing up because you played everything. Yeah, that's what I spent most of my time doing, you know, football, basketball, baseball. Did, did all your buddies, was that something that you guys did a lot of? And, and how good, you know, were you, was it a, a big high school? I, I can't imagine it was a big high school you went to, right? Uh, we had 40 people in my graduating class. Okay. So if you were athletic at all, you pretty much did the same thing. You know, we, we all, all, you know, all my friends and I played, you know, all three sports. We were, in freshman year, we were, we were running track also, but, you know, that was, that didn't work out well with baseball, so. Man, oh, man. And you're, I think, how tall are you? 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something like that? Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. So, you, man, you were a big man in town there for a while, Roger. You were the guy, right? I'm sure all the kids are like, man, that's there's Roger Mason. Did you see him play last night? Man, that's that's awesome. Hey, when um, growing up, was your family, was your dad, mom, were they involved in, in sports? Did they enjoy having you, um, in, you know, so busy and involved in, in, in sports and having really a lot of success? My dad played uh, independent baseball up here, um, you know, way, way, way back in the day. I can remember when I was little, um, you know, the ballpark was less than a half a mile from us. But, um, you know, I, I remember being there one time. And I don't really remember watching him play. I just remember being at the ballpark. But, you know, I was pretty young back then. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. My dad, was a, my dad was a good player. You got to play catch with, with, with him, right? I'm sure he threw the ball with you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, he, actually, he was a catcher. So, uh -huh. you know, Little League and uh, 
so much in high school. He would, you know, we had a, we paced off 60 feet out here. You know, I'm sure, you know, it was 45 and then went back to 60 feet eventually. Um, but dad would catch for me when I would, you know, practice in the yard. Oh, man, how awesome is that? Hey, and the interesting part, and look, he, there's a lot of ways, different ways that that guys get seen. And, you know, from being from a small town and, and reading this article, you, you went to a tryout and, and the Tiger Scout, the Detroit Tiger Scout, kind of noticed you and, and put a call into you. That had to be really exciting for you. Oh, yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was it was the point where I had, uh, you know, I was I was done at college and I was kind of that was, you know, uh, just one last <clears throat> try, because, you know, when you grow up in northern Michigan, you know, especially back then, not so much today, but back then, you know, especially in a, you know, we were a class D school, um, you know, nobody came up to college scouts or, you know, nobody came up to watch us because they just figured, you know, how good can the competition be up there? Um, so, you know, I, I think I shared with you before that I had gone to uh, college actually on a football scholarship because that was the only offer I had. I was really hoping to play at, you know, Central Michigan because they, at the time they had a really good baseball program, but you know, that, that didn't work out. And yeah, let's let's talk about that. You you actually went to a college that didn't offer a base. They they didn't have baseball. They had club baseball, but I I find it really well, funny. Well, we didn't even we didn't even have that. Um, I went there on a football scholarship, and then I but I also played basketball. And after I'd been there for a couple of years, there were a lot of guys in the Saginaw area, Saginaw Bay City and Midland. That you know, there was a lot of good baseball down there, and you know there were a lot of guys at the school, and so we went to our athletic director and asked him, you know, what he thought about us starting a baseball team, and he gave us the the go ahead. And so the last two year, years I was at Saginaw, the first year was a club sport, and then the second year it was a, a varsity sport. But you know, if you're a if you're a major league scout, you're figuring well. You know, if these guys are any good at all, they're certainly not going to be playing at Saginaw Valley. Right. So, you know, so when I was done, I mean, it was, you know, there, we had nobody come around or anything like that. And so, you know, um, my wife and I had moved back home, and they had this tryout camp over in Travis City. I'd been playing summer league up here, and I thought, well, this will, you know, I'll give it one last shot. And so I went there, and there was a scout from the Tigers and from the Royals there. And so I actually tried talking to the scout after after the tryout after I threw, and he really didn't seem all that interested. And I got a call about a month later, and he said, "Were you really serious about wanting to play?" And I told him that I was. And he said, "Well, we'll I'll send you a contract. Let you come to spring training. We always need extra batting practice pitchers." So that was how I got started. Oh my goodness! Well, I, you know what a story, and that it's almost like. You know, it's almost like somebody could make a movie out of that one. And maybe, look, if you were older at that point, the rookie, if you've ever seen that movie, you know, this baseball team, this high school team made him say, look, if we do well, you know, you're going to have to give it one more shot. And sure enough, and, you know, it's a true story. Yeah. He ends up playing with the Tampa Bay Rays. And and uh, I, I, I love that story. Hey, we're going to get to a, a quick break. Uh, before we do that, um, Mary, do you have children? And, and where are you living nowadays? Well, we're actually back in the same 
land where uh, where I grew up. Oh, that's great. Um, we we built a house for my mom and dad back when I was playing, probably you know with the intention that someday that we would you know be back here and it it worked out. Um, so we're actually back on the same property that I grew up on. Man, that that is awesome. What is your wife's name? Uh, Terry. Terry, and do you have children? Yeah, we have two. Our son is actually a vet, and he works in Traverse City. And our my daughter, um, her name is Amy, and she's a vet tech working at the same clinic that our son is at. Man, that you know what you know that tells me if if you've got kids and, and my wife and I, my wife's name is Terry as well, and we have a son and a daughter very similar to you guys. And my daughter and her husband and three grandsons live ten minutes to the west of us. And my son Matthew and his wife Kara and our 16-month-year-old grandson Liam, Liam Michael McGivern. Doesn't that scare you, Roger? <laughs> that, that, he's going to be in jail by the time he's 12 with an Irish name like that. But they live about 15 minutes um, to the south of us, and so it you know we get a chance to see these our, our four grandsons a lot. And when they moved, my the first house my daughter and husband um, bought was Kitty Corner from us. And they had the they had Beckett, their third son, and and they needed a little bit more space, so they moved to a bigger house, but ten minutes away. And you know, I tell people how hard that is. They go, "What are you talking about?" Like my my grandkids live in South Carolina, and I'm like, "Yeah, but oh yeah, when they grow up across street from you, and you're watching a baseball game, and you could just go, you know, literally open the door and yell, "Hey, Keegan, get out of the street!" Right? I see him every day, and now they're 10 minutes away, and I don't get to see him every day, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. We're going to get to a break. See, the other side of the break, segment two, one of the best segments I, that we believe in Faith in the Zone, we ask our guests for their testimony. and We we, uh, we love to hear everybody's testimony. They're, they're always different. And you know what? It's just wonderful to hear where people have come from or how they— you know, accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We'll also, throughout the show, we're going to talk to Roger about the trips that he's taken with Tom Roy and the people at UPI. And near the end of the show, I'm going to ask him if I could get him one more game. What uniform would he put on? He's put on, look, if it's a major league, he's got Tigers and Giants and Astros and Pirates and Padres and Phillies and Mets. There's a lot of them. But I'm wondering, maybe it's maybe it's over in Bel Air where he grew up. Maybe it's one of those uh, uniforms. We'll continue our conversation with Roger Mason again, former major league pitcher. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, our special guest for the entire hour. He's Roger Mason. He, uh, former Major League pitcher, and what a great story. You know, grew up in a small town in Upper Michigan, Bel Air, and, and you know what was going to go to this last tryout after p- pitching in college and playing multiple sports in college. And uh, the Detroit Tigers reached out to him and we, we're going to get to a part of this uh, with this article that I read about, you know, him going to the bullpen, and he thought they were playing a joke on him until, you know, Sparky called, Sparky Anderson called and said, let's go, you're getting in here. And we'll get to that uh, throughout the show. But I, 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 I highlighted that on this article I read and have to, had to giggle about, about that. 
Hey, Roger, um, on Faith in the Zone, you know, I, I think the reason that, that a lot of people listen to the show is for this segment. And they want to know how what people's journey was to, to, to get to where they are right now and how strong they are with their faith. So if we could ask you to share your testimony with us. Sure. Uh, well, I grew up uh, going to mostly going to Sunday school. My mom made sure that we all went. There were uh, I grew up with uh, five other siblings. There were six of us, and then uh, kind of as I was almost out of out of school, um, my seventh sibling came along, um, a daughter, um, my sister. Um, so anyway, we ended up going to Sunday school all the time, and. You know, it was a, a Pilgrim Holiness Church, and then they merged with the Wesleyan Church, and so it was, uh, you know, it was Wesleyan Church um, mostly. And so after high school, I ended up, uh, you know, going to Saginaw Valley, and after I'd been there for about a year, I married um, Terry. Uh, we only went to the same high school. She was a year behind me in high school. And then, you know, just being in college, and she was working down there, and you know, just really got away from everything as far as, you know, anything spiritual. And um, so I ended up getting signed by the Tigers, and then I ended up going to Macon, Georgia, which was their low A-ball team at the time. And um, there was a guy that came, got sent down from double A, which is so odd. And, uh, you know, to go from double A to low A-ball. And one day, you know, he hadn't been there very long. He announced, "Hey, we're having chapel today," and I had no idea what that was. You know, we didn't, we, you know, nobody was doing that there with us, and so I thought, "Well, chapel—that sounds a lot like church." I used to go there, and so I ended up, um, you know, going to chapel throughout the year. And the guy's name was Dwight Lowry, and Dwight ended up becoming one of my best friends. You know, we came up through the Tiger organization together, and. Um, so it was the following year in spring training after talking Dwight's ear off all summer. Um, my uncle had given my dad a book by Hal Lindsey, and it was The Late Great Planet Earth, and then and I don't remember the sequel. And I finished the sequel, and I you know I was down in spring training at the time. I'd taken the book with me, and at the at the back of the book, he gave an invitation. You know, if you want to, you know, accept the Lord. Um, well, you know, that was like, you know, end time prophetic stuff. And so I thought, well, it's going to be, you know, a good idea to, to do this. So I escape all this other stuff that he was talking about. And so I said the prayer that he said at the end of the book and, you know, nothing really happened. So I thought maybe I did it wrong. So I did it again. And again, nothing happened. So I didn't really know what to do from there. So I went and found Dwight and told him, you know, what I just done. And so that was kind of the start. Wow of really getting back into the things of the Lord. And so, you know, we had a, a great, great, great group of guys um, with the Tiger organization. You know, we were doing, we we're going to Bible studies in spring training. You know, we, we were doing Bible studies on the road, you know, during the season. Um, so, yeah, great opportunity to, to really grow, you know, at that time. You know, it's funny, Roger, because we talk to a lot of uh, different uh, Christian men and women from all different sports, and it seems to me that that baseball. And we've had Vince Noss on, who um, runs baseball chapels, and and it seems yeah. to me like in baseball, 
not only do, do they do the best job in that sport, but boy, it it would I think for me the way I was before um, I became a Christian, minor league baseball would be like, and and you were with the same girl since high school, and her name is Terry. My wife and I started holding hands the day after we graduated from high school. Her name is Terry, and she called and asked me out, Roger. I always tell her she took a run at the championship and she she won. Now, I don't know if she believes that still, but <laughs> since 1977, we've been holding hands. But I think minor league baseball, for some guys, it has to be really difficult because there's you, nobody watching you. There's a lot of uh, temptation all over the place, I would think. Yeah. Um, you know, since I, you know, you know, I was the only guy on our team that was married. Our son had been born. Um, just before I went down to, you know, it was September. And then the following year I went down to spring training and, um, you know, so we always, you know, we always had the family life. And then when I was on the road, um, you know, for a lot of time, a lot of times, you know, we, I, I told you we had great guys with the tigers and, you know, we were doing Bible studies and stuff. So, you know, that, that, took care of a lot of issues but you know i always i was kind of always of the mindset if you don't put yourself in a compromising or in a bad spot there's a lot less chance of something happening 100 percent. so yeah i i love the fact that you know you said look we had great guys and and you know these are these are other men that are holding each other accountable and i always do my best work when when you know i've got people holding me accountable when i try to do it on my own and you know, I go, Lord, no, I got this. I got this, Lord. Yeah, no, you don't have this. You know, no, trust me, you do not have this. And it's better when you, you have these kind of guys holding you accountable. And I just give, you know, baseball a lot of credit because you, you, you find guys like Tom Roy and Vince Noss that, you know, are really involved in baseball. I've had a number of um, former football players, Roger, that are now pastors, and I've had them on the show but to talk to like a basketball NBA, um, somebody that that goes into chapel or is their chaplain that that runs it, you know, they're, they're, it's hit and miss whether whether guys are getting involved in some of it or not. And we've had a couple of guys on from all over the country saying, you know, depending on the, who the opposing team is, if I'm going to get people that are going to show up at chapel or not, and and baseball, it seems like. There, there, there's a group of guys all the time in a locker room that are, are going to, you know, be able to hold each other accountable. And I love that about baseball. Well, you know, I mean, our schedules is, is so much different than the other sports are too. First of all, we have like, you know, any, you know, in the minor leagues, anywhere from you know, 21 to, you know, big leagues, 25 guys on a team. And then you go on the road for seven to 10 days or, you know, however long it is. Um, you know, so you're all together all the time. And so I just think it's a lot more conducive because I pretty much, um, except for the Tigers, because I, I was just kind of, I really wasn't with the Tigers that long. But with, you know, most of the other teams, um, you know, we'd have Bible studies on the road. Um, you know, like yep. when I was with the Pirates and, we, you know, we did it with San Diego too. Um, and we, we got together every day when we were on the road. Bible study. Man, that's awesome. So. Yeah. We had uh, Don Beebe, who was a receiver for the uh, the Packers and the Bills, and 
And I had asked, I, I asked a number of guys this question, and I've kind of gotten away from it a little bit. But the question was, was it easier to walk worthy in the locker room or outside the locker room? And Don Beebe said, for me, 100% inside the locker room. When you've got a guy like Reggie White holding you accountable, yeah, yeah, yeah a lot easier. He yeah. said, Reggie used to do this Saturday Night Live thing um, where he'd invite us all over to his house Saturday nights, and we'd play, like, you know, Bible games, and, and, the, and it was all the family and, and just had a phenomenal time. But he was the guy that was looking and, you know, asking you in that Reggie White voice, how you doing? You need any help? You know, you struggling with anything? And he said, well, you just look up at a guy that big who says, look, I'm here to help you. You take him up on it. And it was really, and it was, uh, it was very fun to listen to, to those days. Hey, when, um, when you left the Tigers, and, and again, you were with that organization for a while, and, and we're going to talk in the third or fourth segment about that first game when Sparky Industry came and got you, and you thought, man, I'm really going in this quick, huh? And it was a great outing for you. But when you went then and played with the Giants and the Astros, the Pirates, um, similar type of locker room at that time as far as having guys that would be willing to go to Bible study and, and have that conversation with you? Um, well, when I was, like I said, when I was with the Tigers, um, you know, that was my first time ever into the big leagues. Yeah. Um, you know, there, you know, we had the, the chapel leaders on the team and stuff, but, um, you know, I was there for such a, it just seems like such a short time. And then on top of that, you know, they were on their way to go into the playoffs and the world series and everything then too. Um, you know, but when I first got, you know, one thing real quick, when I first got traded to the giants, um, I didn't, I think there was one guy on the team that I, that I knew. And so we just got done. I, I it was right at the end of spring training, you know, and we, we had our Bible studies all planned throughout, you know, what we're going to do all year. And so when I got traded, I was like, oh, no, you know. I, first of all, I grew up in Michigan. I certainly wanted to play for the Tigers. Um, but now all of a sudden I get traded away. And so, we, you know, we have a, we call them PFPs, pitchers, pitchers fielding practice. We just got done. We are going into batting practice. And I was walking off the mound to go into the uh, dugout to put my running shoes on. And this guy went running by, stopped, and looked at me and said, you're not one of those born-again Christians, are you? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. And then he just kept right up running. <laughs> I thought that was the oddest thing, because I don't even think he'd ever said hi before. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I thought about that afterwards, because, because I, nobody knew me out there. Um, you know, so I'm out in Phoenix. I've never been west of the Mississippi before. And, um, and I just think that was God's way of saying, well, here you are. Nobody knows you, you can be whoever you want to be. Are you going to, you know, stay with me? <laughs> oh yeah. But that, was, that was an odd experience. That, that is. <clears throat> and and you, I think you're right. I think that was Lord's way of saying, okay, here you go, pal. If if you if you think you want to stray for a while, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. And uh, man, I I think that's awesome. He is Roger Mason, again, former Major League Baseball pitcher, grew up in, and they're back in in the same area that he grew up in, Bel Air in Upper Michigan. And you know what? I I love the fact that they are back where in this on the same land that he grew up on. And I don't know if they ever did like a, you know, 4th of July parade for this guy or not, but I've got to imagine 
um, Roger, that you know that was his. That had to be the biggest news ever in in this town that you grew up in. That we got a guy pitching for the Detroit Lions or Detroit Tigers, excuse me, or the San Francisco Giants. And I mean, how proud this this town must be of you. Oh yeah, you know, especially uh, first of all, you know, being with the Tigers, you know, because everybody here's a Tiger fan, and then um, you know when I was with the Pirates and then the Phillies having a chance to to go, you know, pitch in the playoffs and then the World Series. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, it was after the Tiger year that, you know, I was like a, you know, the Grand Marshal of our local parade that's here. That's awesome. <laughs> that's uh, so, that's like a dream for me right there. That's a bucket list thing. <laughs> I love, I just, I think that is just awesome. When we, uh, we're going to get to break, other side of the break, and reading this article, I just had to laugh because when the first game he got into when Sparky Anderson called him in, and uh, he's actually was quoted in this article, he said, look, I want to see what he can do. I figured since he'd been a starter in Evansville, it's be a good spot for him. And Mason says, hey, I started when I, when I walked out in the field before the game, some writers were asking, are you nervous? And I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. I just was hoping they didn't see my legs shaking. And all of a sudden, now I'm going to the game. Do I walk? Do I jog? Do I run? Do I? And he said, you know, I just started jogging because I didn't want to hold the game up too much more. And he uh, got a double play from Rich Dower. Look, if you're a baseball guy, that Baltimore Oral team, you know, with Ripken and Eddie Murray um, was unbelievable. And and he comes in in the tough spot, gets a double play ball. Second was a two-run home run by Rick Dempsey. Again, guys that we all know. In that game, he pitched eight innings. They lost four to one. But I got to tell you, you get a chance to strike out Cal Ripken. I, that's something I'd still be talking about. But he said, look, I – yeah, no, I remember it, I think, but I, I there I was just playing. So we'll continue our conversation with Roger Mason. Other side of the break, we'll talk about this part, but I also want to get into UPI and some of the trips that he has taken with Tom Roy and talk to him a little bit about that part of his life. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by... Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. I'll tell you, during the breaks, uh, I love talking to our guests. And Roger Mason has been phenomenal. Former Major League uh, Baseball pitcher, strong in his faith, Really great testimony, and, you know, I was talking about this article that I read and how, you know, he was nervous. I mean, he's a Detroit Tiger fan, grew up in Upper Michigan, and uh, grew up in the UP, and now he is uh, he's going to go, and, and in the first inning, they tell him to get up, and he's like, I think this is a rookie. Like, they're just, they're hazing me. They're, they're goofing on me. And sure enough, he got called in. And do you still remember the feeling of, of walking on that field and then jogging to the mound? Well, I remember walking out, like when I first got to the ballpark that day, uh, I was with Evansville, and we were in Iowa at the time, and I got a call from my manager and said, hey, the Detroit just called, and they want you to, to get up there. And um, so I can remember, you know, you know, getting to the ballpark and, you know, getting my uniform on. And, I mean, so much of that time is a blur, but I do remember walking out on the field and just looking around going, I cannot believe that I'm here. You know, because – 
I signed as a free agent at a tryout camp, you know, and I saw first round picks come and go and, you know, guys that they were just really high on. And I just kind of kept plugging along, <laughs> you know, and, um, but, you know, that's, that, that's some of the stuff that I remember the most. The game, I don't remember as much other than before the game. Um, you know, I was down in the bullpen, and the game hadn't started yet, and Sparky had called down, and he was, you know, him and uh, Marty Castillo were just, you know, going at each other about their football teams and stuff. And, you know, the game starts, it's the first inning. And uh, I think, um, geez, I don't remember who was um, pitching at the time, but, you know, it was like, not really not that much was happening in the game. You know, that bank they scored a run or two, but you know, it's first inning and they said, Hey, you know, they want you to get up. And I'm thinking, you know, this is, I mean, this is a rookie, you know, initiation thing and, um, you know, getting somebody up in the first inning, but they convinced me, no, 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 you, you need to get out there and start throwing. So I went out there and a guy named Bill Shear ended up joining me. And so Bill ended up going into the game and so when they, um, you know, they called back down to at when the inning was over and they said, uh, Bill's starting the, the next inning, but you know, it's a lefty. If they pinch hit, then you're in the game. Like, Why would you pinch hit in the second inning? Right. Well, Bill ended up walking the guy that, um, that he faced. Next thing I know, Sparky's walking out to the mound and, and I'm in the game. And I yeah, like said, most of the, most of the game is a blur. But I do remember the first pitch I ever threw in the big leagues ended up being a double play ball. So, man, um, that's awesome. And the, the funny part, and we were talking about this during the break, you you've never been in the bullpen before, right? So yeah, you don't no, know. Are, uh, am I running to the mound? Am I am I walking? Are they going to come pick me up? Like some places, I man, I just think that's uh, that's really funny. Was your wife was Terry at that game? Yeah, she'd gotten down there. Um, Good. I, I think like right before the game, her and our son had, had driven up from Evansville, and um, you know, my somebody brought my dad down to the game. And, oh, how awesome! So, I I just uh, I love I do I I really like that that kind of stuff that you know she got to see it, your son got to see it, your dad got to see it. Yeah, that that's really really cool. Hey, let's talk before we got we've got two short breaks here um, because I went along uh, the first two. But when you were playing multiple sports in, in, in college and stuff, did did you did you always know that maybe baseball was was that you'd have a chance to play at the next level? Did you feel like football or, or basketball? Could, and you played wide receiver on football, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, you're big. That's a good size wide receiver right there. Yeah, um, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I had pretty good hands, but I wasn't like really, you know, like super fast or super quick, um, you know, and I, I love, I love playing basketball, but, you know, I knew that, you know, what, what am I going to do at six, six? I'm not big enough to be a center or, you know, anything like that. Um, but, you know, baseball was really, I mean, as much as I love the other sports, you know, I, I knew that baseball was my best sport, um, but you know, when you're picking your your career path and you go to a college when there's no baseball team, and you know, just the way everything unfolded, it's like you know, this really isn't ever going to happen. But you know, 
sometimes it's kind of hard to give up on your dreams. And, oh, you bet. You know, God opened up the door for me, and that's really all it, all I can say. You know, it was something happened that probably shouldn't have happened, but it did. You know, the other part of this article that um, I highlighted was, you know, when look, when you were playing double-A ball in the Southern League, and, you know, not, and not a lot of money is getting paid back then, and it was you made four hundred twenty-two dollars a month, and and uh, you know, rent a car, and you had your wife and and uh, and your son Jeff, and I, I just was like, wow, they they were, you know, here's a major league. He's in the major leagues. He's he's double A, but he's a big time baseball player, and you know they're going paycheck to paycheck like a lot of people are, and he got a chance to to maybe you know he got a chance to make some decent money in '94 when he signed with the Phillies, but the strike cut into that number and. You know, it just seems like nowadays. I'll tell you this: you, you, with the, with your ERA, if I was your your agent, I could get you about six million a year right now. <laughs> can you stay? Can you still throw it a little bit? You know, um, it, it always seemed like you're just on the very edge of you know, you know, kind of you know, really getting set. You know, because. I, I shared with you earlier that, you know, we we built a house for my mom and dad because the farmhouse that we grew up in was, you know, it was it was in really bad shape. It was, wasn't was falling down yet, but it was not in good shape. And so, we you know, we were very fortunate. We were able to do something like that. We just figured, okay, this year, you know, we helped our parents. We helped uh, her parents a little bit. And so, okay, now it's finally time for us to start taking care of, you know, what we want, what we need to take care of. And then, you know, everything just kind of ended. But, you know, I just feel like the, it, it was such a blessing, the opportunities that we had that, you know, people say, well, you know, if you're playing today, you know, you, you could make this. It's like, well, but the guys that played before me said the same Correct. thing. You bet. hundred percent. You know, so. hundred percent. Hey, before we get to a break, and, and I, I had a chance, before I started working in this radio station uh, a while back, I worked for a sports marketing company. We did some, some programs with the Packers. I got a chance to fly on the team plane um, to a Monday night game in Pittsburgh and absolutely fell in love with Pittsburgh. I thought, man, Pittsburgh's just like Milwaukee, right? There's, you know, the hardworking people that love their sports and they're really nice people. And Pittsburgh was a special place for you. Oh, I loved it. Um, you know, I was when I when I was with the Giants in in '85 when I got traded over there. I ended up going 12 and one and had a great great year. I didn't get called up until you know the season was over. You know, the minor league season was over. You know, we ended up going to the playoffs and everything. So the Giants weren't going anywhere. And so the following, that at the end of that year, Roger Craig ends up becoming the, the, the manager who was a, my pitching coach in, in Detroit. And I was in the starting lineup, you know, in 86. I was, I was going to be there. Um, oh. But then I ended up having elbow surgery and then just fighting and fighting and fighting to try to get back. So when Jim Leland, you know, I, I went out to Pittsburgh and through because I'd been uh, released by Houston. Um, you know, I, my back was sore, so it took a while for that to heal up. And when it did, I went to Pittsburgh and through, and Jim Leland gave me an opportunity to, you know, he signed me. You know, I was in Buffalo, and then the following year, I ended up getting called up, and I was in the big leagues until until the strike. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just so thankful for Jim Leland and Pittsburgh, and, you know, we loved it there. We absolutely loved it. Hey, before we get to a break, um, 
So when, when Tom Roy and I were going back and forth on a couple of things, I let him know that you were coming on, and he said, hey, make sure you ask him about the trip with me to, to, to Russia and mention the Michelin <laughs> man to him. I'm not sure what that means, but can you can you got a minute to, to tell us a little bit about the Michelin okay. man in Russia? All right, real quick. He actually sent me a text yesterday and said, hey, you know, make sure you tell him about the Michelin man. I just said, man, I'm just glad nobody has any pictures. <laughs> so, of course, he sends me a meme of the Michelin man. Okay, real quickly what happened. We were in Russia, and we were doing clinics. This was after the baseball season was over. And, um, you know, <clears throat> the only reason they even let us in there was because baseball had become an Olympic sport. So, you know, here we have professional baseball players. So, they, you know, they, they wanted, uh, you know, the instruction. So, one night, we are going to go to a hockey game. Well, we had just got done, you know, doing these clinics that we've been doing, you know, we're wearing our uniform and, you know, it was in October and it was a little bit cool there. And so, you know, the uniform that I had was what had been like my, our home team uniform. So it was white. And so somebody gave me a Chicago Cubs jacket, you know, like a, their, their team jacket to wear. And it was white. So from head to toe, I am white and I'm six, six. And here we are, and we're going to this this game, this hockey game, and everything over there is really drab. At least it was at the time. And you know, I mean, you. I remember seeing a girl one time wearing this like yellow jacket. It's like it stood out so much because oh my gosh, there's color. <laughs> so now here we are. We're going into this hockey game, and it's like I'm glowing. And so that's been the joke ever since that you know. I was, they were calling me the Michelin man. Like that, you know, there's, can you imagine how long people in Russia were talking about? Do you remember that, that tall six, six guy that was an all white <laughs> from America? What a goofball that is. I think that's really, really funny. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, Roger Mason, what a quick hour this has been for me. I love talking baseball with guys that have played at a really high level, telling great stories. And, and guys that can, can tell you, hey, here's what happened in my life, and, and here's, you know, accepting Jesus Christ, just the biggest thing that's happened. And, and certainly for Roger, that, that, that would be the case. We're going to ask him on the other side of the break, pick one uniform. Man, it could be all the all these teams he's played for in Major League Baseball. It could be, you know, it could be the college he went to. It could be Bel Air grade school. I, whatever he thinks, and we'll find out if he can put the uniform on one more time. Who he would play for, who he would play against, and why. He is Roger Mason, and this is Faith in the Zone on twelve fifty AM. The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I love talking some Tom Roy stories during the break, man. I just do. And you get a chance, Roger, uh, faithinthezone.com and, and, and then Tom Roy. Put his name in. And, and uh, what I told you about the last time that we did a show together um, should pop up. 
Hey, we've got uh, f- a total of about four and a half minutes, and I'm wondering if if I could put all the uniforms for every team you've ever played on in the closet and said, "Go pick one." I can do. You can do one more game, one more home game, one more Friday night game in front of a big crowd. What uniform would you pick? You know, I would have to probably pick the Tigers just because, like, you know, when I was there. You know, after the season was over, Roger Craig wrote a book and Sparky and was like, oh, you know, there's a couple of us, me and Randy O'Neill, and we need, we're going to have to find a place for these guys. And I just thought I was going to be there for a while. Yeah. You know, and the next spring I ended up getting traded. And, you know, my, the time that I had there was, was just, it was so magical because, you know, this stadium was, was crowded every night, you know, in September, we're in, the, we're in this race. And it'd be awesome to play for the Tigers one more time. Hey, and I don't. And if I put you on the spot on this one, just say, "Look, I'm not answering that." But out of those teams, you know, the Giants, Astros, Pirates, Padres, Phillies, Mets, which uniform would not be the one that you would take? Is there one that you'd go, "Look, that would be that's one I'm not sure I'd want to put on." Um. Well, the only reason it would be was because. When I when I got called up with Houston, um, I, I I hurt my shoulder a little bit, and so I only pitched like an inning and a third or something with them. And you know, I mean, the guys were great. Uh, we all we were in the Astrodome. I, the announcer that we have is incredible. I'd go out, you know, early just to listen to him announce the lineups and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. But you know, it was just it was just such a short time. And then the following year, you know, they released me in spring training and stuff, but you know, just cause it was just such a blur. It was just, you know, that, but no real big reason. Hey, can, can you, uh, can you still throw it a little bit? If you go out and play catch, do you still, is your shoulder and elbow, everything feeling pretty good? Cause I've got a brother, I've got a brother that I'm 61. He's 65 maybe. And he lives down in Tarpon Springs, Florida, and he's playing baseball. He's been playing baseball. He's a catcher, and he's playing in the 45 and over, 55 and over, 65. <laughs> and he's going all over. Now, the, these teams are flying him, or they did before COVID, to different tournaments in Phoenix and stuff because they can't find guys that can still catch seven innings and throw guys out. That's I'm like, funny. can you throw people out still? He goes, yeah, I can one hop and get some of these jokers. Come on now. He's laughing. And and <laughs> so I'm wondering if they could, could you still throw three innings if I needed you? Oh, I actually had shoulder replacement surgery last year. Um, so I'm pretty much not throwing anything. <laughs> so, All right. No. So, I, I, so I could dig in. I could get in the batter's box. I could take you deep. Oh, yeah. Right. That's good. You're yeah. the only guy. I can't hit a church softball anymore, Roger. No. So, you know, I you must you, you got to miss it a little bit. Were uh, either one of your kids, were they um were they players? Did they like sports? Oh, yeah. Both of them. My daughter played softball. Um, my son was a baseball player. Um, good athlete, but. You know, his his interests were, you know, other places. You yeah. know, he certainly picked the made the right choice. Yes, he did. Um, but um, I'd like to share one last thing, if I could, real you quick. You bet. You sure. Um, well, you know, one of the things, like, my career was just pretty much all over the place. And But one thing that was so odd about it was the last three years that I played, well, except for the, the mess and the strike, um, 
I, I, I was in the playoffs for three years in a row, two years with the Pirates, and then with the with the Phillies, I ended up getting to the to the World Series. And um, and I don't know why it was, you know, when for some reason I had pitched 18 innings in in the, in the playoffs, a total of 18 innings, and I'd only given up one run. Wow. And and so, you know, when when all was said and done, and a run that that actually scored was. It was in the World Series. Um, Mitch Williams had co- had come in for me, and I had Ricky Henderson was on on first, and he sold second and sold third because we were winning, and, and they weren't really paying attention to him. He scored on a sack fly, and that was the only run that I'd given up. Um, so anyway, you know, it was all over. What you know, my career was all over, and everything like that. And, and people would bring that up about the, the postseason, you know, about you know what what was what was it about that? And I said, you know, you know jokingly the cream rises to the top i guess sure. i don't know and you know but then the lord you know kind of you know spoke to me about that later on he said you know he said your life is is you know like a testimony in the sense that you know realistically i know that i was just an average guy average you know middle relief guy i mean we're the diamond dozen guys you know and and god said this is your testimony he said, oh, so many people awesome. think that they're just average people, that they don't really have anything to offer. And God said, if you will allow me, I will do extraordinary things through you. Amen. And so that's the testimony that, you know, people would just feel like, well, what can I do for the Lord? You know, but it's like, you let God have you, it, you have no idea what might be done. That is uh, Roger. Thank you for ending Faith in the Zone with that story. It's a it's a phenomenal story, and and uh, the fact that you know the, 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 for that amount of time and that one run, when you're talking about those players, anybody that's my age or even a little younger, you know, those are big names with Ricky Henderson and Joe Carter and all those guys. So, I, I thank you so much, Roger, and and uh, certainly happy holidays to you and your family. Well, thank you so much, Mike. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. 